0: What the Alamo Promise is doing is right up at the top. Every student is going to have the opportunity in your entire county. We want students to have a range of options and we wanna include all of the high school students that we can in getting the Promise. But we really wanna focus on the next generation coming up because they will lead this country forward in whatever they do.
1: Welcome to A Seat at the Table, a show by the Alamo Colleges District, and each episode, as you know, follows uh, solutions, current events, and perhaps even discussing some challenges that we confront within higher education. Um, Our mission here at the Alamo Colleges is focused on economic and social mobility, and in particular with our Moonshot, which seeks to um, address um, a, a challenge that we confront here in San Antonio, which is intergenerational poverty. So our Moonshot is to end intergenerational poverty through education and training in our community. One of the things that uh, we've done in particular with our Moonshot is Alamo Promise and today we're going to be speaking with the CEO of College Promise Dr. Martha Cantor about Promise programs nationwide and in particular what she's seen across the U.S. landscape and then we're fortunate that we also have one of our own students um, Keren Lugo, who's going to tell us about her experience as part of, as an Alamo Promise Scholar, and also her experience at Palo Alto College, and then her hopes and dreams as she moves forward. So I want to thank you, Martha Cantor, Dr. Cantor, for being with us today. Thanks so much for having me. And I want to thank you, Keren Lugo, for being with us today as well. Thank you for having me. Oh, wonderful. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to begin uh with talking with both of our guests, and I'm going to Um, ask a question first to, um, Dr. Cantor. And I know before we started, right, I was mentioning as we were having some conversation here before the official launch uh, of the podcast of just your experience and your depth. You're, you're one of us, Dr. Cantor, right? Martha Cantor served as a president and then chancellor at Foothill De Anza Community College District in California. And then we were fortunate uh, that she represented us um, in the U.S. Department of Education under Secretary Arnie Duncan and during the Obama administration. And we, in particular, have been fortunate to connect with Martha, with Dr. Cantor as the CEO of College Promise and has been a partner with us over the last five years, since early 2018. 20- 2018 when we began having initial conversations about developing an Alamo Promise program here at Alamo, which we now call Alamo Promise, of course. So I just want to thank you for your partnership. Um, And then I have a a question in particular uh, for you. So, you know, what is the, we began in 2018 in our first conversation, it was in Dallas um, in 2018 at a national conference that we were able to connect but what what have we seen what have you seen over those those 5 years right in promise programs nationwide and what are some of the things we should be mindful about
0: well the first you know couple things that i think about number 1 growth are we going to really give every student in this country the opportunity to go beyond high school number 2 the quality of promise programs that helps students beyond what they are provided through federal student aid, institutional aid scholarships. We want students to be able to buy their books, get the transportation they need and be in a peer learning community or network that I'm sure Palo Alto College is providing to our student speaker today uh, so that there's support. And then the final thing, and I think this is a challenge for every Promise program, Sustainability. How will our communities raise the funding to make their promise, Alamo Promise, perpetual? So every student can have the opportunity for generations to come. The other thing I'll add is most of the promise programs started over the last 20 years, maybe 23 years. And um, a lot of them started high school to college. And the growth has been high school to college, even with, in the last couple of years, not in, not in, in San Antonio, but in many parts of the country, a slight declining of high school students. Mm-hmm. And what's been great about the growth is more students are finding out about the Promise, and some of the Promise programs are including the adult population, so it's really exciting for us. We're now in every single state. 33 states have taken a statewide promise. And we have, you know, I said 450 promise programs. We want to be up over 500 in 2024.
1: Wow. that That is wonderful. Just phenomenal growth. You mentioned several different characteristics, uh, Martha, about promise programs. What, what would you say is your favorite or maybe your two favorite aspects of promise programs that you've seen that we should be aware of, either just consistently across those 500 or, you know, some best practices?
0: Yeah, I think what the Alamo Promise is doing is right up at the top. In other words, you're serving every student is going to have the opportunity in your entire county. And what we want is promise programs to to be available beyond in some programs, one high school to one college. We want students to have a range of options and we wanna include all of the high school students that we can in getting the promise. Now, some of the wealthier students may get less financial support, but they still can take advantage of the mentoring, the tutoring support, the counseling, and so on. Um, but we really want to focus on the next generation coming up, because they will lead this country forward in whatever they do. Our student is in mass communications. It's a huge, growing field, especially with things like ChatGPT that we even don't know about. <laughs> so you know, these these mass communications experts will help us, you know, walk through the new century and all the changes that are change- taking place. So, you know, that's the thing and then the other thing Mike is probably as important are the programs having the quality where students feel valued, they belong there, they're deserving of the scholarships and the programs are helping the students meet the requirements. You know, most of the programs have a GPA minimum, um, yes. 2.0 or 2.5, it depends. Some have no minimum. And then one of my states that's one of my favorites is well not only Tennessee, but um, New Mexico. New Mexico opened their promise to everyone in the state. Oh wow. And and they're not just filling in the gap in tuition. They are going over and above to have what we call a first dollar program. A student gets a Pell Grant and they get the scholarship. So those are some of the trends we're seeing and it's really exciting time to be in the promise world.
1: I think that's, that's what's wonderful is not only being able to provide access but also providing for the success of the student when they're enrolled. So thank you, Martha. I'm gonna, you know, we're fortunate as you mentioned to have uh, one of our own students here, right, Karen Maureen Lugo. And so I want to tell us a little bit about yourself uh, first, and then I have some promise-focused questions I wanted to ask you. But tell us a little bit about yourself. We know you're at Palo Alto College, and um, so how did you get to Palo Alto?
2: Palo Alto was not my first choice. Okay, I was going to attend UTSA, but obviously um, some obstacles along the way did not permit to go. And so I turned to PAC, where I had saved my seat before, and that was actually a requirement for me to graduate. So for me to walk the stage, I had to save my seat, Wonderful. which was a great idea for my high school um, because I used it and I came in with the best attitude that I could. I was like, I'm going to do my best and it's going to be all right. And I went and by far has been the best decision that I've ever taken in my 20 years of life, um, so far I am very involved in school. I have done multiple multiple things, and throughout this two a year and a half, I have li- really learned that my passion is communications. Communications,
1: that, yes. okay, wonderful.
2: Mass communications. I love the whole idea. I love being able to communicate with students, and m- even making a easier ways for them to achieve their goals.
1: Okay. So, uh, graduated from high from high school, yes. and then uh, you mentioned save your seat. How did you hear about Promise, uh, the Prom- Alamo Promise?
2: Alamo Promise. I heard from my high school counselor. Okay. We were saving our seats, and then they were mentioning that they were offering Alamo Promise. I think it was the second, first or second year sure. that you guys had done, mm-hmm. and I was like. What better thing than having free college right, for two right. years? Mm-hmm. And I took it.
1: That's great. Mm-hmm. So for those of those of you watching, saving your seat is the first step. Oftentimes it can come in a general um, orientation or it's a pep rally, perhaps in the auditorium or the gym. Have, uh, you know, the band and others uh, playing. And then we ask individuals to pull out their cell phone because that's pretty universal, right? And they pull out their cell phone. And then it's a form that's online, but is accessible from your cell to save your seat that say you're interested in learning more about Alamo mm-hmm. Promise. And then after that is uh, completion of the financial aid form. Mm-hmm. Since Alamo Promise and in, in Promise lingo is a last in program, right? So first, and then you have to fill out the financial aid form. So save your seat, then apply Texas and financial aid form. And then if you qualify for aid and it's going to cover most of your Mm -hmm. tuition, um, then that is part of Promise. If you don't qualify for need-based aid, perhaps, then uh, Alamo Promise steps in as a last in program and funds, funds the rest. So it seems like it was, um, you know, thanks, kudos to your high school for making, saving your seat, uh, required right because mm-hmm. then thats say for the cost of tuition and fees yeah. early on. And then tell us a little bit about co-curricular experience. So you're a, a mass communications or communications mm-hmm. uh, major. That's what you're studying, pursuing an associate of arts at Palo Alto College. So what are some of the other things that you do that are giving you experience into the field?
2: Yes. Um, so this semester, this fall semester, I had a job in the Office of Workplace Learning here in the district office with Dr. Trevino where I had the opportunity of running our social media. Oh, wonderful. And I did more than just running social media. I did uh, reach out to students and really tell them about the internship opportunities that we have and how they could access them. Uh, I did some changes. Dr. Trevino is an amazing boss and she trusted me with the projects. And so along the way we created our internship form in an easier way. And so that really increased the amount of students that were applying because I read a story a uh, story about a student that was not really applying because it was hard for them. Mm-hmm. Especially as a first-generation college student, you don't really have that confidence to apply or even think about doing internships. And so we made it more accessible for them, and it was amazing. I mean, the amount of students that we had was just growing and growing.
1: Wonderful. And so then you're, you're, uh, you've been at Palo Alto and Alamo colleges for a year and a half. So you'll graduate in the spring, in the spring, the spring of 2024. And what are your future education plans look like?
2: Um, I'm of course transferring to a four year university. Right now I'm still deciding. I have a lot of options. My dream school is University of Pennsylvania, Oh wow. but we are, yeah. And then my backup school is UTSA. But we will see what happens in the future. Um, One of my biggest goals in education is really get my doctorate degree in communications.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, great. So all the the way to a doctorate in communications. So you mentioned both University of Pennsylvania or UPenn, and I think the other is UTSA. Um, and I, I'm gonna focus a little on UTSA because one of the things that we did is, since Alamo Promise has been in existence since its launch in 2019, right, we began the groundwork in 2018 with Dr. Cantor, but uh, looked at several, um, looked at both Dallas County Promise in 2018, mm-hmm. early 2019 with your recommendation, Martha. We went to Tennessee and to Knoxville in particular and met with the folks there. One of the things that we were advised of is just as uh, the promise, as you add years, that you also look at transfer, right? We transfer Mm -hmm. um, 8,000 students annually. We have 10,000 students that are duly enrolled at Mm -hmm. one of our Alamo colleges and at one of our area universities at the same time. Um, So we launched uh, December of last year, about this time last year, in 22, Promise to Promise with UTSA. And so, Martha, is that that one of the characteristics that you see in Mature Promise programs? Or what can you tell us about these Promise to Promise arrangements?
0: I mean, I think when I said at the beginning, Alamo Promise is a model for the country. That is exactly what needs to be done because some students, their aspirations will be to go into the workforce right after getting a community college degree And maybe coming back later on to get more education. I think, you know, what we say is a bottom line as much education as you need, as you want after high school. And I usually pull out all the data which says you'll earn more money, you'll live longer, you know, happiness, health, all the things that more educated people benefit from, even less reliance on subsidies and all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, that's why this is really bipartisan because people get that we need to have the next generation of talent driving our country forward. So when I say LMO promises at the top, these are the kinds of details that can veer a student off track. So you have an on-track, transfer agreement with UTSA, for example, and the students are not going to be pushed out because of money. They may have other issues. They have to stop out for family, take care, whatever it is, but there's a clear pipeline. And that's what we really want to encourage across the country with as many four-year schools as is reasonable for the Promise programs. So, you know, some of the states, actually have aligned the curriculum much better other states you know have more to do but right. to actually have that pipeline at Alamo Promise so students can you know fulfill their aspirations and really go as far as their potential will take them i mean our student Karen is looking at a doctoral degree i mean right. that's that's a long haul that's really ambitious and that shows that she's got an aspiration that is going to drive her forward in addition to all the academics she's a top student so those are some of the considerations mike that you know we think about when we look around the country
1: well i think that's that's wonderful and if you look at the journey right that uh that get is, is planning on making right from palo Alto mm-hmm. college and then transferring to university then going to pursue you know graduate studies mm-hmm. to be able to do that and so one of the factors oftentimes for many students is cost so, what are the ways that we can uh, address or um, partner with students to be able to address costs coming in, whether that's Alamo Promise or Promise to Promise um, in particular, right? What, what are some of the things that you, uh, Keren, would advise, you know, a high school senior or that you would advise, you know, your peers currently enrolled at Palo Alto or any of the Alamo colleges?
2: I would say take every opportunity that you have. As a student, we get so many opportunities from internships to work-study to even attending conferences. Um, Take it. Don't be afraid. Um, Know that we are rooting for you. And, yeah, just keep going. Keep trying. One failure can turn into so much success.
1: And what are some of the things, as you look at transfer, what are some of the things that you think we should be mindful of, right? Um, as, as you look at your at your two, whether mm-hmm. it's UPenn, right mm-hmm. um, or or UTSA, what are some of the things that you've discovered that you would like more information on or you think that Alamo colleges uh, could could assist in mm-hmm. or that you've heard some of your peers when they look at transfer?
2: I think the biggest thing with transferring is, if your classes are transferable mm-hmm. which like she said uh, I have my on track for UTSA right so all my classes are transferable but I don't think a lot of the students know that there's a track for it mm-hmm. and I think we need to be more mindful of letting them know that and also like the guide the guidelines to attend classes and which class they should sign up
1: okay-hmm So we need to communicate, right? Communicate to, uh, so, uh, communicate to your peers, to Mm -hmm. all of our 72,000 plus Alamo College students, Mm -hmm. right? About the transfer advising guide. Mm -hmm. So we have assigned academic advisors and then they, they utilize the transfer advising guides. There's like 2,500 of them. You know, when you look at UTSA, and different majors mm-hmm. it has. What are the courses you should take at Palo Alto or any of our colleges? Mm-hmm. And then ensuring the courses that they're going to accept mm-hmm. in particular. So I think that that is something definitely we need to communicate on. Mm-hmm. And perhaps you can assist us in those communications. <laughs> um, one of the things, Martha, I wanted to ask you about, or what are the, what are trends that you see in promise programs? So we've been in existence since 2019. We're now bear County-wide, right? We started that first year with 25 high schools. Now we have close to 100 different high schools, whether they're public, private, uh, parochial. Also, homeschool students are accepted into Alamo Promise now. So it's a universe of 20,000-plus uh, graduating high school seniors each and every year that can come in to Alamo Promise and be a Promise Scholar. What should we be mindful of as we look at you know, year six and seven of Alamo Promise?
0: Well, I think one of the things that Karen brought up is critical and I call it Promise Pathways. What are the pathways pathways that facilitate students to accelerate and not get stuck in any of the barriers that often get in the way? Money gets in the way. Sometimes the needs of family and friends get in the way. A big thing that I study is confidence. I think with students, and there's a lot of confidence research, students do not, often do not think they're confident, good enough to go to college or don't know anybody. And are you know, like for example, when I was a chancellor and president back in California, we had students that didn't wanna go to the office hours of their faculty. So if you're in a math class, you're having trouble, mm-hmm. and your faculty members available a certain number of hours a week, you bring the book in, you bring the problem in, you know, people just didn't have the confidence to walk through those doors. Sometimes it's opening the doors to Alamo College, Palo Alto College, all the other colleges. And same thing with the four year, you know, I think one of the trends is having the dual enrollment from two to four year. And, you know, we have high school dual enrollment. But we need a whole different shift for in a trend for dual enrollment between the two year and the four year institutions. And I'd like to see it go all the way up. I mean, dual enrollment from the, you know, the undergraduate to the graduate program. So students like Karen can stay on track, know what her options are. That's why she's a star student. And, you know, she's really thinking through next steps and what's the right pathway and which credits transfer. Many students don't have the support to ask those questions. Mm -hmm. So that's something that we really want the Promise Program, whether it's mentoring or the materials that come out or, you know, the mayor speaks about it or your county judge who was fantastic. Um, If everybody gets on the bandwagon, more students can succeed. And I, you know, we do a lot on helping students walk through those doors. So those are some of the trends. Plus Promise programs are growing. People want to look at who's doing it. We have one in Neodesha, Kansas, that was graduating 100 students every year. It's a tiny little place, and very, very few were going on. They put the Neodesha Promise in place, and they had 60 of those 100 students Wow! on. So even in the tiniest places, and you're one of the biggest, most comprehensive, most forward-thinking places, um, that's what we wanna do. And that's the trend, people learning from each other, connecting the promised leaders. We're so thrilled you can be on the Leadership Council, Mike. Uh, It's going to be hugely helpful to have the directors and the designers of these programs really helping the other programs across the country.
1: That's wonderful. Well, we were just uh, your leadership and partnership, Martha, that we received um, from you and also just looking at colleagues across the country and being able to visit two specific sites um, was was critical to our development. And then bring uh, being able to bring all that information back mm-hmm. with the steering committee. And you mentioned, you know, the tri chairs at that time were our county judge, uh, Nelson Wolf, and then our our mayor. Um, Ron Nurnberg, along with, um, you know, two university presidents, uh, Texas A&M San Antonio president and UT San Antonio's president, who's uh, still with us, Taylor Amy, uh, chamber and uh, corporate leaders, foundation folks. So that cross-section was able to bring it back in the development of Alamo Promise Garden, which is really, really key, um, I think. So that's that's wonderful. As we prepare, we celebrate what's occurred. Um you know, we in our, in this year since the launch in 2019, um, our goal in bringing, uh, new, uh, students on for this fall, August of 23, was 5,500 and we had 6,300 sign up and enroll in classes. And we currently just finished the semester with 10,000 Alamo Promise scholars, right? Currently enrolled in new scholars, mm-hmm. um, this past fall. And the reason I mention that is, you know, what are some of the things, in and looking at your communications background, right? <laughs> um, what are some of the things that we should look as we promote promise for this new class of scholars that mm-hmm. is going to start in August of 24? What should we do as we're in high schools now talking with them? What do you think we should be aware of?
2: I think really what Dr. Canther mentioned the confidence is key in students and I see it all the time in my peers and how they chose not to go to college because they felt like there was not a path for them. And I truly believe when when the counselors from the colleges visit the university, the, I mean the high schools, when you see them and you see their excitement and their encouragement towards students, that makes us students more motiv- motivated to do it more secure and knowing that, hey, there's going to be somebody that I'm going to know at the college and I can go to them and ask if I have a question, you know, and that is just vital in in the students because high school students and vitally first-generation college college students don't really think about looking for help. It seems like there's not going to be help, but if you know that person, that counselor, that advisor that was in your high school, you're going to go up to them and you're going to ask them. Hey, I need help with this. Hey, how can I do this?
1: Wonderful. So Mm -hmm. trusted, trusted colleagues, right? Trusted partners, professionals um, in the high school and also being Mm -hmm. able to spread that message. And then uh, I think as as we expand, right, and look at serving students, being able to send ambassadors, their own peers, right? mm -hmm. Individuals who graduated Mm -hmm. from those high schools currently uh, promised scholars at one of the five colleges coming back. To tell them about the story and the opportunity, I think that's the other part, and that they can do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, uh, Martha, what what is something, uh, Dr. Cantor, we should be aware of as we, you know, get ready for uh, recruiting our new class, and also just for the next few years of promise.
0: Yeah, I mean, two two things come to mind. Is there is there a regional message? and maybe Karen can work on this, where everyone is encouraging all of the students. Is there some kind of regional approach where the business leaders and the government leaders who you talked about and the education folks and the nonprofits and all of the groups, the students themselves, can there be a voice that's a common voice to help every student get on the pathway with examples like Karen, and you know, you have many, many stories. And if the students see someone like them from their background, first generation, Latino, maybe parents didn't have as much education as they're getting, they feel a little bit more than they can walk through the door. Second, I think when you are reaching out to students, I think a benefit of promise and people don't talk about this that much, although there are some that are really thinking about this. What about educating the whole family and getting a parent who maybe got one year after high school or no years or dropped out or whatever, but get them into a course to see what it's all about. And maybe they can advance in their career. And then finally, I think, we need to do more on statewide advocacy because we've got 33 states. Every state is different. Every state has a different history and culture. And, um, you know, Texas is very decentralized. That's to the good, I think, because you can really put a stake in the ground for your community. But we're seeing states do more um, and we want them to do more state aid for you know, and call it promise, call it more state aid. It doesn't matter to us what it, it, but the full cost of a college education is way beyond what the Pell Grant can support. Pell grants used to spend, you know, used to cover 70% of a college student tuition and fees. Now it's 30%. So growing Pell Grant at the federal level is critical. Putting a federal promise in place, that would be fantastic. Um, So those are the things I think about that I think Alamo Promise could benefit from. And also, you know, pulling up all the things you've done, whether it's financial, fundraising, quality of program, the pathways with the four year, the high school outreach. I mean, all of those things to hear that to hear Karen say she learned about it in high school. That is just one of my greatest joys. Mm -hmm. So um, that wraps up what I can share.
1: <laughs> well, well, thank you for sharing that. We're actually at the end of this episode of the podcast and we're fortunate to have had Dr. Martha Cantor with us. Um, so uh, just wanna thank you for your partnership and bringing your expertise to the table. Former community college president, right? Chancellor, undersecretary in the U.S. Department of Education and now CEO of America's Promise. And so we're just fortunate for, for everything and all the assistance and friendship that you've provided to us over these five years from 2018 forward. And we'll have to bring you back so you can celebrate the 10 year anniversary also with us here in San Antonio. We also want to thank uh, Miss Karen Morin Lugo, future Dr. Karen Morin Lugo, (laughs) right, and talking about uh, what your, just your journey to date. Uh, We're fortunate to have you with us uh, at the Alamo Colleges as a student studying communications at Palo Alto College, looking at transfer, Um, And I I just want to leave you with and the audience with that we actually also transfer students directly into selective admissions universities like UPenn. We just sent two uh, students from San Antonio College um, this past May who finished their first semester at Columbia University in New York City. So I think that's the other part is just um, our our students are are very driven, very capable and uh, very competitive when they look at transfer opportunities. So thank you for joining us, Ms. Geren Morín Lugo.
2: Thank you for having me, it was amazing. I was thrilled to participate. Thank you so much for your leadership, Mike.
1: Thank you, Martha. I wanna thank each and every one of you for um, uh, tuning in and I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Seat at the Table and we look forward uh, to seeing you the next time.